I keep on bringing this up of challenging people to think outside of their norm. But that's like a big theme for me is like, how can we challenge ourselves to maybe take a longer lunch break or to have an afternoon coffee with someone, you know, and take a fika like they do in, in Sweden. So I pull inspiration from all of those places and from the people I meet and the way that people live their lives with a bit more sweetness and a bit more intentionality. Welcome to Successful, the podcast, a show about the stories of women redefining success. We're your hosts. I'm Carla. And I'm Natalie. Like you, we're two career women figuring out the meaning of success. In each episode, we bring you our stories and the stories of other women who are redefining success in life, in work, and on their own terms. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Successful, the podcast. I'm here with my dear friend, Carla. Hey, Carla. How are you doing? Hello. Hello, my dear friend, Natalie. I am doing quite well. Thanks for asking. You you look awfully happy in your sunny orange. You always wear like the most happy colors. I thank you. You know, when you don't have space for many clothes, you kind of choose the few things that make you happy and orange makes me happy. Orange is actually my my alma mater mater color. I went to Syracuse. Oh, that's right. We are the orange school. And it's <laughs> your mascot is legitimately like an orange. Oh, it's so menacing. An orange fruit. And mean. <laughs> yes. It's a little orange. Otto the orange, so cute. <laughs> you know that actually reminds me. That's so funny. Um you have been my book muse this summer. I don't know if we, we've talked about this a little bit, but this relates. So stay with me. Um, you recommended a book, two books to me, both of which I read over the summer. Um, one was Where the Crawdads Sing, which is very popular and it was turned into mm-hmm. a movie. It's very good. Highly recommend. The other one was much longer um, and it took me a longer time to get through, but it was called Murmur of the Bees. Mm-hmm. And bees. yeah, my, one of the main plot points is talking about, you know, this orange grove that's, oh, yeah. in, that's in the book. So it all kind of relates. Yeah. Maybe that's why I love the book so much. I love that book. I love it was, where the crawdads sing as well. Uh, but a more recent book that oh just really stayed with me was that one, The Murmur of yeah. Bees. It takes place in Mexico and it's just a mm-hmm. beautifully written book. And I think that you also read another book that I recommended, a historical, or, or you intend to, a historical yes. fiction. It's on my list. And I've been on a kick of with those historical fiction novels by the same author, just mm-hmm. one after the other after the other. Um, and it's been a fun, yeah, it's been like a, just a fun summer of reading. Lots of reading. about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really it has fun been. books. So thank you for those recommendations. I mean. Anytime. You, I now trust you fully 100% with any book oh, recommendations good. you give me. I'm always I'm always looking for something new and I actually bought them both for my mom too. Oh, and nice. She really likes them as well. So um, I love that. This actually relates very nicely to who we're going to be talking to today, talking about creativity, books, all of this. We are talking to someone who you know from a writers group. Yep. So exactly. you're you're writing a novel, but you also have a newsletter. So you're in a bunch of writing groups and you get your creativity out that way. 
So can you talk a little bit about that and what you're doing to be creative these days? Yeah. Yeah. So my writing journey has kind of evolved, ebbed ebbed and flowed. This year, I started out with that newsletter that you talked about. We were in Mexico Mm -hmm. and I was writing about our travels in Mexico and I was writing on a platform called Substack. And that's where I met our guest today, um, Maya. And so, yeah, my creativity was really focused on this newsletter and talking about my perceptions of Mexican culture as a Mexican. Um, I'd say that now, you know, this past summer, my newsletter has slowed down a little bit. We were still traveling, different kind of travel, but I've been much more inspired to work on my novel, as you mentioned. I'm very inspired by authors like the author of The Murmur of Bees, who writes about family and about relationships and the history and culture of Mexico. And as a Mexican myself, that's what what I'm really drawn to to write about. And so I've been kind of cultivating that a little bit. It's it's hard. Writing a book is a is daunting. <laughs> you know? You can't like even this imagine massive project ahead of you. And so right now I'm making very slow progress. I'm still working on the outline. And I figure that if I can finish my outline, and, and I don't mean just like a, ah, you know, a few sentences in the outline, like I'm really diving into each scene and then, you know, like, like really developing the scene more profoundly. So then by the time that I get to writing, the outline has really done its job for me, right? The writing mm-hmm. should be much more seamless. And I don't know if you ever heard of this. There's a thing called NaNoWriMo. So it stands for National Novel Writing Month, and it happens every November. And the goal of NaNoWriMo, anybody who participates, is to write 50,000 words at least, and ideally write your novel in a month, which is oh crazy. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. But I, I tried it last year, did not get the novel, novel written. It was just too overwhelming. But now that I've taken classes and working on my outline, I'm hoping that by the time that I get to November of this year... I'll be ready to really just flow into those 50,000 words. Mm-hmm. So that is the goal. So that's how I've been that's practicing admirable. my creativity. Thank you. Yeah, it's really admirable. <laughs> Don't admire I, me too much yet. Let's see where I get with my outline. Yeah. Well, oh, outlines are really helpful. I remember yeah. um, not having written a paper that was more than like 10 pages long when I got to college. And then they're like, by the end of this program, you need to write a 30 page long thesis. And I was like, how do you even conceptualize (laughs) something that long? Outlines were the way to go. So for sure. For sure. So I have total faith in you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. So yeah, it's been kind of a fun, very small incremental way of, um, of channeling my creativity and hopefully getting to accomplish a big goal of mine. Yeah. Goal in life to publish a novel. Yeah. Amazing. What about I you? Love- yeah. Creative you- things. Tell me about your creative life. I mean, you have a lot of projects that I do. I know you channel that creativity. Yes. What's top and of mind lately? Top of mind is still renovations, <laughs> bathroom renovations. So I, I talked about this briefly last week, but yeah, it's diving into um it's kind of like an outline, right? So we have SketchUp which is a design software. I also use Photoshop, which helps me to create mood boards. So it's, you know, going through Pinterest, getting inspiration, agreeing with your partner on what you want to do with the space, which is (laughs) the hardest thing. I could have had this all done. You know, if he didn't have an opinion, it would be done. 
Um, but I Why respect him. Why does he have him. to go and have an opinion? Jeez, I don't know. About his own house. His opinions. <laughs> it's just funny. And I'm going to put him on blast here for a minute because, um, you know, I'll show him pictures of things. And he's a very – he's a scientist. He's very linear-minded. Um, you know, he's – I'm the more creative brain in my thought process, I'd say, in general. Um, he has creativity, but – um, you know, I'll show him a set of pictures of rooms that I really like. And there are components of the rooms that I really love. And I'll point them out to you or uh, point them out to him. And he'll go, I just don't like the feeling of this room. It just doesn't feel good to me. <laughs> All right. And I'm like, okay, can we get down into the, a bit more of the specifics here? So like, what about the room doesn't make you feel good? <laughs> and so it's been really interesting because I feel like we've flipped roles. Like he's very much going off of the feeling, his intuition of these rooms. And then I'm very much going off of like each piece. Like, what do you like? You know? That's so it's funny. been fascinating. That's um, really funny. It kind of reminds me yeah. of um, Noah. <laughs> Sometimes I, I I like to think that our camper is just mine, right? Mm -hmm. And that everything should be decorated to my standards and clean to my standards and arranged to my standards. And Noah once in a while will be like, Carla, I just want to remind you that I live here too. <laughs> like, oh, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so difficult. I mean, that's, it's been one of the hardest things about just being in a relationship is compromising like your personal style a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, can I just have one space where I paint it pink and have wallpaper, please? <laughs> and then I'm like, do I really want that? Or is that just like a spite decoration? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been a lot of my summer and how I've been creative. But our guest who we're talking to today, her job is to be creative. And her name is Maya Oren. Like you mentioned, you met her through your Substack writing group. And she is a creative director at a boutique hotel, but Maya came from an entrepreneurial background. So she kind of did the reverse of what a lot of people do. She started off as an entrepreneur and then went to the corporate world. So she's got a fascinating perspective on life, on how to bring creativity into your daily life in smaller moments. And her goal is to teach us all how to live a little bit more intentionally with everything that she creates. So we're really excited to bring you Maya's episode, and we hope that you enjoy it. So let's start off first by maybe having you tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you are a creative director, and you're someone who focuses on helping brands and companies develop and showcase their identity and have a strong voice. So you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to, to go on this very creative path. Well, I always like to say that from the time of being about six or seven, um, I started pitching ideas to my dad for businesses. Um, and I, they were always creative. It was always like a bakery or, you know, like a, a bed and breakfast or just these like really kind of strangely mature ideas for like a six or seven year old. Um, and, and it was always really important for me to not have to be in the constraints of, you know, the, what, what society tells us that we have to do. I've always been a nonconformist. And I think at the, 
probably about the age of 13 or 14, I started to say that I wouldn't ever wear a skirt suit and I would never wear tights and I would never wear heels. Like I just didn't want to live that life. Um, And I didn't know what that meant at the time, but I just knew that I was meant for a different path. Um, And so, you know, going through college and into my first careers, I always had a camera on my side and I was always documenting things. And it just lent itself to the creative world. I just always had that kind of creative bend to me, um, you know, be it crafts that I was doing when I was a little kid or the camera that I got when I was 11 and just carried through my life. Um, and so it just all very naturally progressed into my career. And so I almost feel like the creative life like chose me and I didn't really choose it. Um, but I just kind of came out of the womb as a creative entrepreneur um, and someone that's really passionate to change people's minds about how we, and maybe not even change their minds, but just suggest different ways that we can look at the world and how we live in it. I love that. And I can almost see Natalie just like, yeah, like smiling because Natalie is someone that's very creative. (laughs) I'd say I'm someone that I don't know that creativity chose me. I think I have to work at creativity a little bit more, like be like, I'm going to go, you know, for this creative project, I'm going to give it my all. But it's not, um, I think I'm a little bit more like mm, mm, structure and you're a Virgo, I don't know. I mean, Carla. I'm a Leo. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Yeah, you're a Leo with a lot of Virgo. Yeah, where, where's the Virgo in the chart? It's the moon. It's the moon. <laughs> yeah. So, what has been your favorite? What have been some of your favorite creative pursuits that you've had in your career up until now? And maybe I'll share just one thing that has really stood out to me about you. I don't know if this was a creative pursuit, but in your newsletter a few months ago now, you talked about going to Cuba and Mm. you showcased your experience in Cuba through sound. And I thought that was so creative. Mm. Like it would have never occurred to me (laughs) to do that. So I just love that. So anyway, I really appreciated that showcase of, of creativity and bringing in your travels through that particular medium. But for you, what has been a creative pursuit that has really inspired you? Yeah, that's a really difficult question for me because I feel like every day I ask myself that and I try to do something within the day that feels like it's feeding my soul. And there's something actually I heard a couple of months ago that I I think is, is interesting to share about creativity and just the fact that almost like everyone is creative, right? Like everyone is creative in some way because they're they're creating something in their day, be it a spreadsheet, be it a piece of an email, be it, uh, I don't know, like a meal. So we are, everyone's creative. I think every human that walks on earth is creative. But I think it's like when you challenge yourself to kind of like step out of what is norm for you in that creativity and do something that maybe is a little bit different or, you know, a little bit off the beaten path for yourself. Um, you know, and so I always try to find that little pocket of something in a day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think my most exciting and my favorite pursuit of creativity recently was the Substack. Um, that was just something I actually, so it started a year before um, on Flowdesk, which is another platform that I I like it, but I think it is a better function for, you know, a brand that just wants to have communication with their audience. Um, and so when I found out about Substack, I just moved what I was writing there over to Substack and I changed the name, changed a little bit of the branding. Um, but basically the idea came to me in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, I remember it was actually winter solstice and I said I was going to launch it on that day. And I created this this newsletter called Ronnie 
And my dad's name is Ron. Um, and his name in Hebrew means joy. And he said that his grand, his mom named him that um, because she just felt joy when she, you know, brought him into the world. And, and he lives his life so simply. He just is like, you know, every day, whenever I'm having a hard day, because I'm very existential, I'm a, I'm a double Pisces and a Cancer. And I'm like, always crying, always down in the, you know, depths of my emotions. And he'd always just say to me, Maya, if you wake up in the morning and you can open your eyes and you can see, you can make yourself a cup of coffee, you can use the bathroom, you're in good shape. And he's like, some people don't even have that ability. And so you just have to count your small blessings. And he, every single morning, will wake up and have a piece of toast with a piece of cheese and olives. And he is the happiest man. Like it's as if it's the best meal every single day. And it's the same meal every single day, <laughs> but he loves it. And it just makes me, it inspires me to like kind of live simply, but to also, you know, humor myself in the, in those creative pursuits. Um, I feel like this is a very roundabout answer, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, so I ended up starting uh, Ronnie and then Ronnie transformed into on holiday um, and on holiday is really the same concept. It's about, you know, finding that little piece of joy and the, elements of your life that bring you some sort of peace or intentionality or connection to yourself and your deepest soul. Um, and, and that's been important for me, especially as I've stepped into this corporate role. Um, and, you know, just finding those little moments to kind of connect with your yourself, um, even if it's not, you know, going to Sicily to sit on the beach or, you know, like, <laughs> eat really good pizza, which is what I really want to be doing in my soul right now. Um, <laughs> but instead, I went to the bookstore and I looked at books about, yeah. you know, different places in the world. But, you know, That's you do what beautiful. you can. Yeah. I love that. Your dad sounds so grounded and amazing. It's The weirdest part is, is he's an Aquarius. Is he? <laughs> yeah. The most out there. For people who don't know signs and stuff, those are like technically flamboyant, like very out there, unique individuals, but I'm sure he is. But it sounds like he's just so very much almost like a yin and yang to you, like being so existential and creative. It, it's so necessary to have those people in our lives who we can look to and be like, okay, they're solid. Things are okay. I'm good. Yes. I'm glad that you have that. It's such an amazing example. Um, I similarly have that with some people in my life, especially my husband who's in the other room. He's my anchor for sure. But mm -hmm. um, I'm just thinking about what you said, bringing joy into your life in these small ways. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be these big, you know, overt examples like you said, going to Sicily, which would be the best. But we can't do that every day, right? So we have to find these small things, whether it's finding joy in the spreadsheet that you're actually creating and making it the best one that you can make it. You know, it's these small things where we can really amplify our life. So I really appreciate that perspective. Yeah. And I also love your definition of creativity because yes. I think I've been limited by this idea that creativity is art, you know, that, that it looks a certain way. And you talk about how creativity is just doing something different, something that we're not used to doing, like pushing our boundaries a little bit. And it makes me realize how creative I actually am, right? Like just building a business. There's a lot of creativity in that or writing, Oh yeah, right? There's a lot of creativity in that. So I appreciate that breaking the mold of creative is not just being an artist who paints on a canvas. Being an artist is 
going out on a hike if that's something that you don't tend to do or doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable. So I really appreciate that. So you hinted at this one topic that I really am very curious about. So when you and I were in the Substack group, you were going through a transition. You'd own your own business for many years. You were independent, pursuing your your own clients, choosing your clients. And then you had this opportunity come your way to join the corporate world. And I remember thinking, oh, that's so interesting. It's like the other way around. Like there's so many people that start in the corporate world and then they go off and do something on their own. And I was just really fascinated by that decision that you made to leave your business and bring your creativity into a different environment working for for a company. So tell us a little bit about that. What was that transition like? What are you doing today? And how are you still living that sense of creativity in your current current role? Yeah, so that was a really interesting time. Um, frankly, the last two years have been a really interesting time. Um, and I think for all of us, and I like to think about the time that we've all just gone through as a a big shift for everyone. It's a it's a transitional time for everyone. And I think that, you know, it obviously had constructs in society that made us feel a certain way about, you know, the fact that we were we were quarantining and we were in this together and all of that. But I think ultimately everyone had this shift in some way. Like some big thing happened to them. They got divorced, they got married, they had a child, you know, they got a new job, they quit their job. And I feel like we were all kind of awakening to who we really want to be and how we want to show up in the world. Um, and it's interesting because I feel like even in 2022, we're still kind of shifting into it. And I, I've always kind of felt in my gut that this, if you can't tell I'm a little bit spiritual and like into esoterics and new agey stuff. Um, but I always, I actually do feel that this period of time started in 2020 and maybe even a little bit before and it's going to stretch until about 2030. I don't think this is something that just goes away. And we're transitioning into this new era of living and lifestyle. And so there's a lot of incongruence in like how we show up in the workforce, you know, and how we used to. And that hustle culture of 2015, 2016, and now all of a sudden people are like, I need work-life balance, which is a myth, by the way. We live a life and we need to have all the parts of our life be seen and you know, respected and, and catered to. Um, but this job came up and I was kind of just like, what do I do? I know I don't ever want to be in the corporate world. I don't like the idea of the constraints that it has. I don't love the idea of having to tell someone I want to go take vacation when an opportunity comes up or I have a whim that I need to go somewhere um, because that's what I do in the past. I'd find a job and, and make it happen. Um, and, and it came up and I was like, you know what, I'm going to look at this as a challenge. And I, I had a, a band of people around me that I really felt were my tribe. I had, you know, the spiritual therapist and an astrologer and a psychic. And I was just like, what do I do? And all the roads kind of led to taking this job. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I've never done it before. I might as well try it out, see what this whole life is about. And even though I have a feeling it's probably not for me, I'm going to just try it out for a little bit. It's not, nothing's permanent and I can always leave if I need to. Um, and I've been pleasantly surprised. It's actually really interesting being in the, in, it, it's almost like being more empowered to be able to make creative decisions because my role is creative. Um, so my role is brand experience manager, um, essentially the, the functioning creative director on property. Um, 
And I am the brand experience manager of a small boutique hotel here in D.C. uh, that is very focused on design, very focused on brand experience, guest experience. Um, They're very rooted in the community and the experience that you have um, in that way. And so me coming into this role, I get to really flex all those muscles all the time. So I'm putting on really cool programs. I'm weaving wellness into it, which is something I'm very passionate about. I'm thinking about cool amenities that we can put in people's rooms when they check in that's going to leave a lasting impression on them. And so having you know, financial backing, having a team behind me, it helps to be able to make those, those actual tangible experiences come to life as opposed to when I was all on my own in my business, which was also amazing for other reasons. Um, but it was harder to kind of create those experiences because I didn't have the budget to be like, let's, you know, set up a long table in the backyard and have a big dinner and bring in chefs to cook. Uh, I would have to put that whole bill on, on my own or get, you know, people to fund. And it's just tough to do that when you're on your own. So this definitely is enabling me to kind of flex that muscle and showcase what I really can do, um, you know, because I have a larger kind of set of sales behind me. Um but it definitely comes with its challenges in terms of, you know, just scheduling and and things that I just never had to deal with in my adult life. Uh, so that's been a really enormous transition for me. I've never heard that perspective of feeling more empowered in the corporate world, but I totally get it. Money is a great thing that when they back you to actually get your ideas done, it really helps. It helps you, like you said, realize your full creative potential because there aren't totally. as many barriers, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious. Um, it sounds like you went directly from either university or wherever you were right into creating your own business. So how did that happen? I don't know many people who just started off and were like, yeah, I'm I'm going to just run my own company. Yeah. So I kind of alluded to it before, but I've really, since a since I was a little kid, I was like, I want to run my own business. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of that is in the nurturing of my lifestyle. My dad is a business owner um, and my mom worked in the business with my dad. So I just, that was the only example I really had, you know, in my, in my immediate family. Um, And I feel like just, you know, also my, my cultural history is just like one of like starting things and getting things done. And, you know, I'm first gen American. So I just like have that mentality of like, you know, I wouldn't really call it hustling. I'm trying to think of like a different term because it's not that I'm like grinding myself, but it was just like that I'm really ambitious and I want to make changes in the world and I want people to see the world. I challenge people to see the world differently, Um, you know, and so I feel like you have the best seat to do that by having your own business. Um, I also, this is kind of hilarious, but and a little bit of a tangent, but as a kid, I used to always be the person in school projects that would do the whole project um, and like the whole team would be like, oh, we're going to totally help you. And then they never did. And I would just be like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And I would just take the whole thing and make it happen. And I would be really annoyed, um, that I had to do all the work and I had projects stolen ideas, you know, being taken and ripped off and stuff. And so I just, from a very young age was like aware of my kind of capability to, to think outside of the box. And I'm like, I don't want to give these ideas to people. And I don't want people to kind of get to ride the coattails of my my thinking and, you know, my work. So I just started to think about businesses that I could do that I could, you know, impact people, tell stories. Um, and as I mentioned before as well, the photo, the camera came into my life very early on as well. So I got my first camera when I was 11. And 
before that, I was just writing in a journal every day. I just had to document every moment of my life. And so I feel like throughout my, as I kind of grew up, I just was always, you know, blogging or writing or taking photos of things. And the video cap- uh, capacity actually came in uh, to the Canon DSLRs when I was in college. And I started taking short films of things. Um, and and then, yeah, I just started getting reached out to by, um, by companies. I had a, a blog for a short period of time where I was really telling um, a lot of video stories, um, mostly farm to table concept. Um, and from there, it just kind of happened. I, it really fell into my lap. So I was just like, yeah, I'm going to make this a business and I'm going to try to make it work. I moved home and I lived with my parents and I'm grateful I had that ability to do that. Um, there's definitely, that's a huge factor in this. I think it's not easy for everyone to just decide to start a business. I definitely had to, you know, put in my time at home and, um, and I was lucky to be able to have them welcome me back home to do that. But uh, it took three years and I worked my butt off, worked a lot of bar and bat mitzvahs and weddings. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of, it just snowballed from there, truly. Yeah. What I find so interesting is that you said that your parents owned their own business and that was your example. I'm finding mm-hmm. more and more that if I look back at you know my life and some of the people around me, we so very much followed in their footsteps because that's what we knew. And I just have oh, this yeah. very vivid memory. Um, this came to me a little while ago, but I remember we had moved to Houston. Um, and if you don't know anything about Houston, it's like big oil and gas town. And we were new there and I was on this basketball team and talking to some girls and they were all like, yeah, my dad's an engineer. And I was like, what is an engineer? <laughs> I had no idea what that word even was because my dad's a lawyer and my mom, like she worked odd jobs. But I was like, I have no idea what an engineer is. And it just made me realize like your perspective of what a job can be is so very much shaped by who you grow up with, who you're around. Totally. And totally. so it, it totally makes sense that that was like a no brainer for you. Yeah. And actually, hilariously, my dad is an engineer. So I grew up knowing what an engineer was. Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Funny coincidence. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's too funny. But yeah, it's that's fascinating to me because so many people would be, most people would be so much more risk averse if they're not exposed to that. But you actually were able to probably see that it was possible. Totally. Yeah. So interesting. And Maya, I love that you've been able to continue that creative, those creative endeavors in your current role in corporate. I don't always think of corporate jobs as being creative, but you have challenged my definition of creativity. So, um, and I have to say that what you describe that you're doing now sounds like a dream. I don't think I ever shared this with you, Natalie, but I have this like someday dream that I will run a bed and breakfast, but it's because of those guest experiences. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that really no draws me like, yes, like I think mm-hmm. about, oh, well, what would I do to to create an unforgettable experience? Everything from the turndown service, you know, to wellness components, to the way that you welcome. I don't know what it is about it, but I am fascinated by that. And I love the idea of being able to do that for someone, create this. I think it's because I grew up in Mexico in very touristy places, you mm-hmm. know, where there were these big hotels on the beach. And so that that idea was always, you know, kind of implanted early on. So it's still in my someday bucket. Did not know that. that you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm curious in this role, 
you, you mentioned that it's been challenging in some ways, and I'm sure there's been ups and downs. What do you feel you're learning about yourself in this particular moment in time in your career? Uh, the first word that comes, and I don't know if it's fully encapsulating it, but just resilience is what keeps on kind of coming up. Um, I think I really underestimated what it's like to work with coworkers as well. Um, you know, I've always been a loner. I've always been on my own and making my own decisions and having to kind of go through the chain of command to do everything is sometimes exhausting when you're a business owner and when you're someone who like knows what you want to do and you know it's going to be you've done all the proof of concept and you're like it's good to go and then you have to go through this round of kind of like the semantics like just to be like oh like yes i'm showing you this thing um and there's a lot of that like there's a lot of red tape that i sometimes feel doesn't need to be there but then i understand why it's there so it's it's tricky for me to navigate because you know i'm just such a self-starter and i'm really i'm a quick person so like I move very quickly um, in, in what I'm doing and I can pull events together very quickly. Um, but then you have to use and rely on the support of the people around you. And so it's been a big learning experience for me to, you know, kind of like trust people and then also build up that resilience to like kind of, you know, continue to push forward even when things are getting tough and, and things are, you know, things are intense or someone doesn't understand why you're doing something. Um, you know, and that, that's been actually the, the other big challenge is just that I'm bringing in things that aren't traditionally in hotels and it's not traditionally amenities or services or programs that you would see. So, you know, last week we did, or actually this week, we did a gong bath with a Japanese experiential artist and she literally bought this gong and learned how to play the gongs. Um, she's also an indigo dyer, um, in her, in her spare time, um, and and we also brought in a cacao uh um you know maker she's just like this incredible she she works with a farm in in peru and so she gets all of her beans sourced from there she's traveled down there several times um and she kind of like infuses her cacao with intention so we knew it was going to be happening around the full moon so we decided to make these infused chocolates for the capricorn moon um and then everyone had to have one before we had the gong bath um, and then I'm a Kundalini instructor. That's my one of my many moonlights. And so I uh, taught a chant and a breath. And then we had another woman who writes for the Washington Post, who casually on the side plays these chimes. And so she played the chimes for everyone and came around and cleansed everyone. And we were walking around with Palo Santo. And it was just like this magical experience. But you know, when I present that to my my team, they're sometimes like, what are you trying to do? Like, what is this gong bath thing? And <laughs> and I just have to kind of like, you know, I just like laugh and I'm like, listen, it's going to be cool. And and I just do it, you know. Just trust. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. What a collection of experiences that you provided just in that one event. I'm just <laughs> totally fascinated. <laughs> Me too. That's amazing. Me too. And I have to ask, where do you find the inspiration for these different events? I, I'm a really curious person. Um, and, and, and actually, I think like the last couple of years have really been an exploration of my deeper self and just the way that we kind of experience life and living. And I 
really feel incongruent with the American culture in terms of how we kind of like, we grind and grind and grind, then we turn 70, we retire, and then we like decide to live our lives. And a couple of people go off and do their thing and that's great. But I think like generally the culture is that, you know, is is that way. And, and I really crave the cultures that I've been, like I've been exposed to, you know, I'm, I'm half Israeli and I'm half Trinidadian. Uh, I have relatives in Turkey and in Spain and in, in England. And, you know, you just see their different ways of living. And one of my, my favorite examples is my grandmother who uh, lived in Queens for many, many years now um, in an apartment right off the Van Wyck Expressway. It's very loud when you open up the windows. Um, and she still sits to this day for afternoon tea. And she pulls out her set of tea uh, teacups and she makes her red rose tea and she has biscuits with it. And it's just something that she grew up with in Trinidad um, because they were um, English ruled. And, and like that's just part of her culture and like her ritual. And so I think about rituals and I think about tradition and I think about the ways that other people live their lives and how we can bring pieces of that into the hospitality that we're offering at this property. And not only in my job do I think about this, but I also think about that in terms of how I want, and and I keep on bringing this up, of challenging people to think outside of their norm. But that's like a big theme for me is like, how can we challenge ourselves to maybe take a longer lunch break or to have an afternoon coffee with someone, you know, and take a fika like they do in in Sweden, Um, you know? And so I pull inspiration from all of those places and from the people I meet and the way that people live their lives with a bit more sweetness and a bit more intentionality and a bit more slowness. And it's something I strive for. Um, and I was horrified because in the first couple of months at work, I started to eat lunch at my desk. And I was like, Maya, you're turning into the person you don't want to be. Like, don't do this. And so this last week, I promised myself that I'm going to start to take proper lunch breaks again. Um, so it's just important to me to really inspire people with the programming, you know, and, and make them think outside of the box and make them experience something that maybe they wouldn't have experienced before. So I just kind of go to the far reaches of my brain and my, my network and find those things that will, will delight people in that way. I love that. It's I love that you're, yeah, that you're pulling in from the people in your life, from your experiences, from what you value, and that you're incorporating that. And how wonderful, despite the probably the odd looks that you get from your coworkers, but how wonderful at, at the end, they, they're like, okay, Maya, sure, let's do it. <laughs> you know, that they go along and because it sounds like a, like a space to experiment too and, and take some, some risks and how wonderful that, that that company allows you um, to do that. And as you're talking about culture and rituals and tradition, I'm curious to know what are some of those rituals or traditions that are really important to you in, in your life and that you mm-hmm. honor and make time for? So that's a bit of a tangent story as well. But, you know, growing up in America and having two parents that, uh, you know, immigrated here and and decided to live here, especially my dad, he loves the idea of being American. He loves it. And he has totally integrated himself into this culture and is like, I am an American. And he can't say his R's. So he says, I'm an American. But it's, it's like amazing. He's just totally here for it and loves everything about America. And my mom, not so much, but she still, you know, has kind of integrated as well. And so growing up, we didn't really have a lot of traditions and rituals that were brought over. And so I feel like a lot of my adult years have been me excavating and researching and trying to figure out what it is that I really love about my culture. Um, 
And what's interesting is I actually, I went to school abroad um, for college. So I went to school in Israel and in Israel, the whole country, because it's a Jewish state, it like closes down on a Friday and closes down on Saturday. So you have this like break that happens, which I, I think actually in Europe, it's similar where every Sunday, it's just like things are closed. You can't get the things that you need, you know, on, on command, like we can here in the States. And so that really taught me how to slow down and to take that break in my week. And I miss it desperately. I feel like we just, even if you try to do it for yourself here, it's hard to. Um, but that being said, one of my favorite rituals is to light Shabbat candles. And I started bringing that back into my life. And my partner is like very much not Jewish, but I, you know, light the candles and he, he started to love that too. And, you know, he just moved into a new house and I put up a mezuzah, which is, um, you know, a piece that you put on your door and it kind of protects, it puts a prayer over the house. And in, in Jewish religion, you touch it when you leave and you kiss your hands and then you, you touch it when you come into the house. So anytime that you're entering that threshold, um, and I put it up and we were walking out the door one day and he said, you know, he's like, a lot of the things that you do just make sense. And I was like, yeah, they do. And so it's not even really about the Judaism part of it, but it's about just like the the wholeness of the ritual and like that spiritual connection that I have and the connection back to my people and knowing that I'm continuing on parts of and continuing that legacy on, you know, and hoping that I can carry that into my children. Um, and I think a lot, my deep thoughts at night are about globalization and how we are just like, you know, we're, we're, we're eventually going to lose those touches of like those deep traditional rituals. And if we can continue to perpetuate them, even if it's not your own ritual. So, you know, for instance, I drink ceremonial cacao a lot. Um, I love sitting for tea ceremony and those aren't necessarily my direct traditions, but the fact that I'm continuing those on and, and keeping the light shed on them is important so that we can just keep that, you know, that, that tradition and that culture alive in some way. So I think there's something so, yeah, I think there's something so beautiful about not only discovering or rediscovering your own culture and your own heritage through those rituals. I know a lot of us who are very much American and don't have those connections anymore to our roots and where our families came from, being able to choose your rituals as well, because it can sometimes feel very rootless here. Um, mm -hmm. I know I feel that all the time, but being able to intentionally choose those things that speak to you, where you can break up your week, break up your day and find that moment of solace or just that moment of joy probably that your grandmother experiences when she has her own tea ceremony every day. Um, I just think that's such a lovely concept and it's something we can remind ourselves that we don't have to have a deep connection to our heritage that maybe we don't even know but it's something that we can start today for ourselves. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you point. for reminding me of that. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's like, that's literally what I love to do. And that's yeah. what I hope to write about and on holiday and, you know, just do through the work I'm doing. And that's really like what drives me in, in life, you mm -hmm. know? I'm glad yeah, that you mentioned so lovely. On holiday, it's a newsletter that I've, I have to say I've unsubscribed from many Substacks where I'm just like, okay, I'm not interested in that topic anymore. But I still look for yours because I do find inspiration in in the different formats that you share and just the the depth 
of of what you share, even if it's a small thing, even if it's like a little just a, a thought or or a little video. So I'm curious, as one of your readers of On Holiday, where do you see yourself taking that newsletter? And and more so, not necessarily just the logistics of it, but really the message that you want to share. What is what's your vision for for what you want to communicate to the world? as you keep moving forward with that particular newsletter. Mm. So this is going to sound like super cliche, but I've always said I want to leave a mark on the world. And like, that's just something that I literally came out of the womb saying and, and feeling. And I really, really, my goal with On Holiday is to inspire people to live their lives with more intention. And, you know, in in doing that and in writing about it, I think I'm reminding myself to do that. Um, you know, I'm certainly not, perfect. And I don't have all of my rituals down where I'm like, you know, sitting for tea ceremony and doing this and that every single day. And I have aspirations, but I think a lot of what I've been learning, especially in the past couple of months is that it's like almost about doing less, you know, and like not being so intense about like your checklist and like productivity. Um, And I feel like on holiday is kind of like encouraging myself and encouraging others to live in that way. That's a little bit more like a, it's like a deep breath. Like you're just like taking a minute for yourself. And, you know, maybe that's through a coffee break with your friend, or maybe that's through learning about, you know, the weaving culture in Guatemala or whatever. But, you know, that's that's kind of my ultimate goal. And I would love to bring it back into video um, and to re-explore that medium because that's really my first love of storytelling. Um I also love writing. I love writing. So it's kind of one of those things I could see it being a mix of everything. Um, But I've been joking a lot about the fact that I can, I'm starting to see it taking shape almost as like maybe a TV show or maybe it's a book one day. Um, But just, you know, telling those stories of these ways that we can slow down, you know, and telling stories of how people are living their lives to inspire others to live, you know, maybe step outside of their own box and, and live in a different way. Um, so that's kind of the, the ultimate goal. It's a bit, you know, amorphous and like out there, but, um, but that's, that's the kind of like North star that I always just kind of point myself toward. I definitely think you're already doing that because we definitely feel inspired. I know I do. I'm thinking like, what can I do to live a little little bit more intentionally? Because I definitely (laughs) eat at my desk more than I should. (laughs) It's the worst. I did it today too. It's like, I'm trying really hard not to. I have no reason to. I have no reason to. But yeah, that brings me to a question that we ask all of our guests. So I'm curious what your definition of success is since you've changed your path, but it still feels like you have this thread of creative intentionality through everything. I'm curious what you define success to be today. Mm. It's funny. I asked myself this question a lot and we had a, we had a team call today and my boss actually asked us this question too. So it's very kismet. Um, But for me, I feel like success used to look, I think, like recognition. When I was in my 20s, I was like, I just want to be recognized. And I wouldn't say that I'm over that. Like, I still would love to be recognized. And I think, you know, that's probably part of my karma in this lifetime is to be recognized for something. Because I feel like I have like a bit of like a stick in my side for that. However, I think success is really about your quality of life, you know, and and are you are you happy? Are you joyful in a day? And, you know, if you're not feeling that way, if you're feeling bogged down by life or you're, you know, 
I don't know, like if you're feeling heavy, like I think that that, that to me is unsuccessful. And so it's not really about money or about like having a nice car, a nice whatever. It's about like living my life to the highest quality that makes me feel joy. And so that could be, you know, having some sort of dance moment every week or having dinner with friends. And that feels luxurious to me. Like that feels like total success. And so, you know, I feel like the way that I'm working toward things, it's like, I want to be able to be financially, you know, free and, and be able to do the things I want to do when I want to do them, because I think that's also a bit of success. Um, but it's not really about the number in the bank account. It's, it's really about like having those moments of, of fun and joy and like that, that is, that is it, right? Like that's why we're living is to enjoy and experience all of that. Yeah. Rather than thinking about kind of like the macro, thinking about every day and how yeah. you're experiencing it. Because we can get so lost in all of the to-dos, like you said. And then when you look back on your week, you're like, did I actually enjoy anything that I did this week? <laughs> yeah. Very and like, easy. And also just kind of, yeah, like seeing that kind of like the day-to-day as opposed to kind of like, and, and this is what I, I said this earlier in the podcast, but you know, like the American dream of like working really hard to get this like white picket fence in the car and, you know, send your kids to Ivy League school. And like, did you actually experience every single day with them? Like, did you enjoy your dinners with your kids? Like, did you enjoy that walk where the birds were chirping and like the sun was setting? Like, those are the moments because you just never know uh, like how long we really have and and what's going to happen tomorrow. And I feel like also this past, the past two years have really taught me that as well as like, you just never know when it's over. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you have to find the sweetness in those small moments. Yeah. I love that you use the word, you know, feeling, not feeling that heaviness. I've been thinking mm-hmm. about this a lot about like how I can use my body more to give me clues about mm-hmm. what's going on, my thoughts, my emotions. And I do personally experience a lot of like, for no no reason, I put a lot of heaviness on myself. Like I must build my business. I must do this. And my husband's constantly reminding me, like, you don't have to do anything. Like, what are the things that you want to do? And the moment that I just think about it that way, it's like, oh, okay, lightness. So mm-hmm. when I think about, like, if I were to look back on my life in the future, you know, as old Carla, looking back, like, I love that idea of like, I felt light. I felt I made time for the things that felt luxurious. Like, how delicious is that? <laughs> So I love that. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So if you were to be able to give some advice to the version of you that was seeking that recognition early on in your career, and again, that's nothing, not, not a bad thing to still be seeking, but it sounds like earlier in your life, that was the thing. What would you tell yourself with what you know now and all the self, the deep work that you've done in, in on yourself, really? Yeah, I think... It really is just like life is about living and like living in the moment. And I know that's super cliche and like we hear that all the time. But when I think about it, I just think about it from that perspective of like really just taking in the sweetness of like every single day. And it's something I have to remind myself to do every single day still. Um, And, you know, the recognition will come when you're in that place of just total alignment and like total joyfulness. And I actually just went to see uh, Tosh Sultana in concert. Um, they're an incredible artist. Literally, they play like 40 instruments. It's it's nuts. Like I just can't understand how this one person exists. 
but like they were so in their element and it was just, it was really powerful to watch. And I was like, that is life. Like that is living, that's success. And, you know, maybe it's not a massive paycheck and maybe you're grinding and you're doing like tons of different things. And, but if that brings you joy, then that's, that's what matters, you know? Um, and so I think that's what I would tell myself is just keep on doing what, what brings you joy. And it's true. The recognition will come and it'll come in a much sweeter and maybe even unexpected way. But, totally. you know, and, and if you don't get it, it's OK, because you're still, you know, you're finding that recognition from within. You're not looking at looking for it from the outside. You're yeah. still a viable human. And I think that's something that we all have to remember is like we're the fact that we're breathing means that we're a viable human. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to check off anything on a list. And, you know, that's something that I'm also, I feel like I'm kind of fighting in the corporate world a little bit is like, you know, I don't need to report to you this crazy productivity this week. Maybe this week was an off week. Maybe next week I'm going to be doubly productive. And so I think we just need to really like learn to kind of move with the ebbs and flows of being a human and for, and, and remember that we're not robots because I think we've fallen into this feeling of like, we are productive people who do everything every day. And I don't know why I'm tired today. It's like, maybe you need to rest today. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think companies or corporate, the corporate world is starting to recognize that a lot more, but it certainly hasn't been a common thread of recognizing that people are people and they're going to have off days and on days. I think that there is traditionally this expectation of you're always a high performer. And that's not true. We're mm -hmm. human beings. We have, mm -hmm. we have our days. Um, one of our guests recently talked about this idea of, of our rhythms, you know, and, and mm. certainly what you said earlier about work-life balance, like it's a myth, right? Because we have different rhythms. One week you're going to have a rhythm where you're very productive as you shared. And then Another week, it's going to be a rhythm that's influenced by maybe you, you're sick or maybe you have some worries on your mind. It's going to be a different rhythm. And so, it, yeah, it's true. We, corporate needs to, you know, keep keep adopting this this mindset. But I do think companies are, are starting to do that more because employees are asking for it. Right. With these two years, as you said, people are their priorities are shifting and they're asking for what they need much, much more. 100%. So to wrap up. Yeah. So to wrap up, I you shared so many wonderful um, points of wisdom. What might you share with with our listeners? Right, our listeners are mostly women that are redefining what success means to them. Many of them have that idea or have had that idea in the past of recognition, that white picket fence, perhaps rise up quickly, quickly, and then maybe when you retire, you get to enjoy life. And and the women that we we love speaking with and the guests that we have on are women that are realizing that, no, I can start living my life now. So what would you share as, as advice or just parting words with our listeners? Mm. I, again, like this is just kind of coming in, but you're complete. You're a complete human and you have nothing to prove to anyone. And you are already you like there's nothing that you need to find or do or achieve in order to be your fullest self i want to clap that's so beautiful i know i do too <laughs> <laughs> like can i come hang out with you I know. anytime you're more than come over for an afternoon coffee i have my my subze my it. turkish coffee 
Amazing. Oh, I love that. That's a and reminder that we could all need. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you said you don't need to achieve, like you are complete. Yeah. That really speaks to me a lot. I really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Me too. Maya, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. It has been such an honor just to to learn from you, reconnect with you. Um, and I'm really looking forward to sharing your words with the world. They need to hear it. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. This is it's been such a pleasure to chat with both of you. Absolutely. So Maya, where can people find you? Everywhere. No. Um, <laughs> so on Instagram, my Instagram is Mojalvo. It's M-O-J-A-L-V-O. Um, and my Substack, which is on holiday. Um, I think it's actually mohalvo.substack.com. Um, yeah, those are kind of like my two big, big vessels. And feel free. I love connecting with people. So DM me, email me, you know, feel free to just tell me about your day. Uh, I just love connecting with other humans. So amazing. And we'll link all of that in the show notes for everybody to find you. Perfect. Well, Maya, Maya, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Successful the Podcast. We'll talk later. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Successful. If you liked what you heard, give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at SuccessfulThePod. See you next time. Thank you.